Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mama Jack podcast. Today, we have a special guest from the land down under. She's from Australia, and her name is Prudence, and we're just going to jump right into her story. Hi, Prudence. How are you? I'm really well, Jackie. How are you? How is it on the other side of the world right now? It is beautiful as per usual I live in a really beautiful part of Queensland on the Sunshine Coast and we are coming out of summer into autumn apparently we're having a late summer Mm -hmm. so I don't think we've got the full autumn memo yet (laughs) waiting for the cooler days but it's very humid and beautiful it's 6 a.m here in the morning oh lots of of still sleeping but I'm up with the puppy (laughs) And it is 4 p.m. where I'm recording. So this is incredible that we get to do this together from the opposite ends of the world, literally. It's so super cool. cool. Yeah. So why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am, my name is Prudence Todd, and I am a wifey to one man. We've been together for 25 years and a mama to four children who are now Two of them are adults. We have a daughter and three sons. So our daughter is 20. And then our three sons are 18, 14 and 12. And, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying at the moment that phase of life for me where the boys are really going into that portal of teenagehood. So I am really throwing myself into my baby, my next baby, which is my work and yeah, so I'm a holistic pelvic care practitioner and help women to heal after birth in their bodies. Beautiful. Whether that's you know, all the unspoken things that women d- don't talk about are the mm-hmm. things that I help them heal. So I, it's very beautiful work and I feel very privileged and so much of my own journey is poured into that when I'm working with women. So I feel really grateful that that's coincided. Or perhaps I've, I've you know, chosen that. Now that my sons are so in there, when my sons uh, were growing into their teenage years, it's just so, so awesome to be able to work with my work with women. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's such a gift to be able to do that. So I just also was saying that, you know, I am so grateful for the opportunity to share my story. So thank you so much for yeah. reaching out to me and being able to share. Of course, we can't wait to hear it. So how did your journey start off? I mean, 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a long time. <laughs> it is. And you know what? You're on the other side of because I got two toddlers. So I'm like, yeah. you know, the parent that's like, they're like, enjoy every moment. You're going to miss it. But in the moment you feel crazy. But I'm also yeah. in the part where it's like, I'm remembering like, you know, waking up all night with a newborn is hell. Right. But mm-hmm. now I'm to the point where I'm like, those moments were so precious at the same time, Mm, you know? Totally. And so, and I have a feeling like as they grow and go through different stages, this is kind of what happens. And I'm just Mm -hmm. waiting and waiting, you know, it's the mom Mm -hmm. thing, but go ahead, start off with your story. Yeah. Look, you're exactly right. Like it's, it's all relative, right? It's all, you know, wherever we're at is relative to where we're at and, you know, as I'm speaking, I really honour every every woman, every dad in whatever phase they're in. And I think as I get older, I, I cherish more and more the different phases of life and the memories that I get in my body when I see and interact with women and, and men from all different phases. But my husband and I, we... Um, we grew up catching the school bus together. I, I came to the area here um, from a couple of hours away when I was 15 and we caught the same school bus to different schools and um, became really good friends and we had other girlfriends and boyfriends and, you know, would just hang out as mates. And after a few years I never expected to have a relationship that was anything more than he was such a good mate to me. I'd talk to him about all my crazy boyfriends that I was having troubles with. And after a few years, he went away to work at the snow and came back and we 
caught up as we always do and something changed. We kissed that night and something had changed. And I had been going through my life. I grew up as a Christian and I wanted to commit my life to that. And he was interested to know more about my life and I shared it to him and he decided that he was kind of ready to have a change. And so he decided that he wanted to give his life to that as well. And I'm not going to go into like a long part of that story, but is it is the foundation of, you know, what happened later in our life. And um, he, when we talk now about that time, you know, he will say that he chose those things for himself. You know, he didn't make those decisions because of me. Obviously he met me and was looking for more, but, for him, it was like this was going to bring something that he'd never experienced in his life. So we continued on together in our relationship and we got married at 21. We had our first baby at 23 and I had become a midwife. We'd moved away, moved back to our kind of home area. And during that time, it was just, you know, it's all about survival. It's about getting on with you know creating your life and having a job and you know these little people that start coming into your world and all I ever wanted was to be a mum whenever we chatted about it he was like yeah let's wait till 27 I was like let's do it at 23 so we decided on 25 and we had babies at 23 (laughs) (laughs) and yeah I I was a midwife and everyone was like oh you know you'll just this will be a breeze for you and I wanted to have all my babies at home so for me it was a it was a big journey for me to get myself out of my way to really just birth my babies as a woman, not as a midwife, because I had so much in my head, so much that I'd witnessed with women. And I just wanted it to be my own unique experience. And so we had our first baby at 23. And then we had a second baby uh, two years later. And after the second baby, I, that was a very, very, very big experience for me. <clears throat> he was born at home, very big baby, over 10 pound, born posterior. Oh my and God. Yeah, it was, a, it was, you know, as far as the birth went, it was, it went well considering, but it impacted my body a lot. Mm-hmm. And I experienced depression for the first time. When looking back, I probably had little symptoms of depression starting but that's when I really went into a really heavy oppression in my body after he was born and very fatigued and very drained and my adrenals just exhausted and I I guess that was where it started for my husband to really have to care for me in that you know have to be able to look after the family, work and work with a woman who was really suffering in herself. Mm -hmm. And as a consequence of that, you know, even though we've always been deeply in love, we fought hard. We've always fought hard. When we fight, it's, it's big. And when we love, it's big. And we decided that I would, I decided I needed a break from having kids. I wanted more kids and I was going to take four years to regenerate my body because I was quite anemic. And I later found out that that was actually adding to my depression. So the anemia actually, as far as the doctors were concerned in mainstream medical, it was, you know, at the lower end of the okay range. But as a doctor told me years later, eight years of being at the lower end is so depleting in your system And so I took four years to really regenerate my body and we moved to Canada. We lived in Canada for 12 months during that time and just absolutely, it was so refreshing to go over there and just have our own experience together and be with our two and four-year-old over there and experience it not just as travelling through the country but just living in the country with those, you know, all the cultures there and seasons and it was Mm -hmm. just really a breath of fresh air for us Mm -hmm. and we came back and then we got pregnant with our third baby so we had another two babies quite close together two years apart and I experienced depression again after the the fourth so it was kind of like the babies that I had close together when my body didn't have that time to rebuild itself 
was where I noticed that I got quite unwell, mm-hmm. suffered a lot of mastitis, like ongoing, you know, every couple of weeks. And it wasn't just a postnatal depression. It was an ongoing heaviness in my body. And I just remember day in, day out, like, you know, I never knew when I would wake up and feel really heavy, feel like in my heart I was happy, like I'm kind of optimist, which also didn't do me any favours in being able to see where I really was at Mm -hmm. because I was always like, it's a beautiful day, I have so much to be grateful for, I don't understand what's going on in my body, but I'm just so grateful so I didn't realise that I was actually becoming more and more depressed and oppressed in my body. And after our fourth, it, things got really tough in the area where we live and my husband was, is a, was a builder and he, we just decided that if we put our house in the market and it, and it sold, we would shift to Western Australia across the other side of the continent because we knew people there, we knew that there was building and we were up for an adventure. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we put the house on the market and it sold and we actually made some money, which we weren't expecting. And we decided we'd do a two week trek across Australia and we set up our life over there. And I decided to continue homeschooling the kids by this time. I had two little ones that were kind of in the lower end of the schooling years and we lived in this tiny little house. It was really hot, really cold. It's just <laughs> out in, in the wheat country, sheep country. The most beautiful part of living there was the, our friends because there wasn't a whole heap to do there. We've still got really beautiful friends from that time. But that also was a time where I felt very isolated and my depression became increasingly highlighted in our life. And I actually had a friend who came to me and brought to my attention what she was seeing and I found it really, really hard to listen to her and I chose to take on board what she was saying and we decided that even though we were trying to make our life there for at least five years, we were building a house and we wanted to stay in that area that I would come home and heal my depression. So I'd come home to the east coast of Australia with the children while my husband stayed over there and finished our home, which was going to be our home. So, yeah, he was over there for seven months. He saw the kids three times in um, that time. Oh, my goodness. It was a really hard time of life. And then basically after all that hard work, kissed those dreams goodbye and came home to here on the East Coast again. And I, during that time, Spent a, you know, I went to retreats. I, I did a 10 day retreat where actually, no, sorry, that was the first time I went on um, antidepressants. And that really helped our relationship for probably 18 months. And then I got to the point where the kids were old enough and I felt like I was ready to move into something for myself. And during that time of raising children, I actually lost my registration for nursing and midwifery because I hadn't worked enough and I'd been so heavy in my body that I just couldn't even, you know, being a full-time mum was what I was committed to mm-hmm. and I couldn't go back. Like that just wasn't an option for me with the state of my heart and mind at the time. And so consequently I didn't do enough hours and I lost my registration and then they were like well you can't get registered again unless you do your whole degree again and I was like that's not happening I've got four children now I'm not going back to university for four years five and a half years by the time I do all my hours so I'm going to recreate myself and I became a Pilates instructor purely because my body had suffered so much from having really big babies I had big tummy separation my back had bombed out on me a couple of times and I was really enjoying Pilates and someone said to me, oh, you'd be really good at teaching this. So I went off and did that and just that little extra bit of commitment and stress in my life kind of tipped me over the edge. Like I remember, you know, embracing it all along the way and, you know, sitting at the computer with little toddlers on my and being engaged in the work and feeling alive in myself that I was learning something new But at the same time, my nervous system wasn't coping with it. And that was kind of the beginning of 
my relationship being really strained with my husband again. And, you know, he was always trying to support me in the best way that he knew how, but he didn't know how to deal with depression either. He was trying to learn on the spot every time, you know, there was an explosion or a meltdown or sensitivity, you know, and quite often it would be, you know, he would come home from work and you're just in the throes of, you know, looking after children and getting dinner and all of the little survival things that you have to do. And then in the evening we would get talking and we'd end up having an argument like 9 or 9.30 at night. And that was a really awful way to go to bed. And, you know, we had some really heated um, not physical as in punching but, you know, pushing each other conversations and arguments and it got to the point this particular day where he softened towards me in the argument and I was just so angry in myself that he hadn't got where I was at in the first place that I, I pushed him across the room and our son saw it and that I just remember that being the breaking point for him and he was like I don't want I don't want this anymore I don't want this to be seen by our children I don't want the fighting anymore in their presence and I'm gonna go and so he he went for two weeks in inverted commas he went for a few days and then he was like I think I need two weeks to he went to his folks place and stayed there and And then as the days went on, he was just like, I actually need space. I need space to deal with myself. And I was heartbroken. And with any person, I'm sure, who experiences anxiety or depression and they have these huge meltdowns and outbreaks in their body, things are coming out of your mouth before you even realise what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You've already hurt people. You want to take it back. There's the self-loathing. It's the guilt. It's the shame. It's the constantly ruminating over what was said in the conversation and how painful it is to see your partner hurting from something that you said. Also trying to like look at the situation and feel kind of validated in yourself that, you know, you're not feeling seen in the pain that you're in at that time. And maybe someone could have been more gracious and kind and more sensitive to what you're experiencing as well. Mm-hmm. There's all of this that's going on and so I just remember feeling so heartbroken and then finding out that he didn't want to come back at this point and he didn't know if he loved me and we knew that this was big for our family and we decided that we would go and seek counselling and we actually both agreed on seeing the same person but not together. So we started counselling for to heal ourselves as human beings with no agenda of whether or not we would come back together. It was just really important for me to heal and really important for him to be able to heal what was so traumatic for him, which was that, you know, he married a woman who he thought he knew and didn't understand when we came together how much trauma there was in my body, in my heart, in my mind, and that was unveiling itself as we had four children and the stresses of life started to build mm-hmm. and I was grappling with this in my body so we counseled for 10 months and during that time we learned how to hold ourselves in what we were experiencing so I was just chatting to a woman yesterday about this On the inside, I was so heartbroken and really in fetal position. And I remember my sister-in-law saying to me at the time, how are you not just curled up permanently? Like to know that, you know, I don't know what was it, maybe we've been together 17 years at that time, that he doesn't love you and potentially isn't coming back. Like how is that that impacting you? And I was like, well, I, I was really working through in myself the fact that I wanted to be together because we chose to love each other and we chose to be together and no part of me wanted him to come back if he didn't want to be there. And so that left me with the choice of the situation or my health or my children or finding a reason why to be angry and to be unwell or to be like, 
you know what, he's a human being who I love and I'm going to let him go and do whatever he needs to do to heal from living with me and experiencing everything we've experienced together. And I'm going to just heal myself and I'm going to take care of myself and rebuild myself. And if and when the time comes that he returns, I will be so grateful. And if that doesn't happen, I will be fortified in myself to actually be responsible for what's happened in our life and take it from wherever that point is. And so it was just like a daily effort of I learned tools during that time. A lot of these tools are actually used with women that I work with now. I used tools during that time that really helped me to be present to myself. I'm asking myself daily, you know, how are you? What do you need to be supported right now? How can I support you? And really checking in with myself constantly. And sometimes it was literally holding a pillow and, and crying, trying to do that outside of looking after children and, and still showing up for work. And, you know, it's just it, it, when I look back, it was such a beautiful, messy time of life because I went places in myself that I would never have gone if he didn't choose to leave. And I totally understood why he did. I totally saw it. It didn't mean that it wasn't heartbreaking for both of us. So after a number of months, we decided that we would, I remember it was our wedding anniversary. It was really raw at the time. And every time we interacted kind of, you know, to exchange the kids or, you know, we saw each other because he might've been picking something up at home or I never knew what it was going to be like. You know, was he going to be open? Was he going to be really moving through something in himself that I just needed to hold myself and be respectful of what he was going through? And at our anniversary date, I remember reaching out to him and saying, look, would you like to meet up and in a park and just light a candle and honour how long we've been together, the experiences that we've been together in and there's no agenda for me it doesn't need to look like anything but I just you know I really am grateful for the time that we had together and I don't know what's going to happen from here but this is all we have up until this point mm-hmm. is what we've experienced together so we did we met up and we talked a lot and ended up going for a walk on the beach we ended up being actually really intimate with each other that night and it was really beautiful and healing and then it would go you know as we went on from there there would still be times where it'd be really raw there'd still be times where we couldn't even look at each other it was just too much there'd be times where he was processing stuff and still be like I just don't know if I can come back and possibly be hurt again and we started kind of dating again and every time we came together we would decide do we want this to be a fun time do we want this to be where we sit down and have the hard conversations and just really hold ourselves and you know be really adult in our communication without dropping into all the emotion of the past and just really talk about things that we need to talk about and get to know each other again or do we just want to go out and just go out for dinner and just you know have a good time And so we would decide that and bring intention to every time we got together. And we do that with the kids sometimes. We do that with each other and started to rebuild our relationship. And after 10 months, went into the school holidays and he decided he would come home and start to kind of reintegrate back into living at home but wasn't committed to staying. He was just testing the waters basically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, after two years he... He was kind of there was this understanding in us that he was there to stay, and he was felt free in himself to be like, you know, I'm I'm here and I love you, and we rebuilt that foundation again. And since then, you know, that was, I think our our eldest son was ten, so that would have been eight years ago. And you know, our kids have grown up through teenage years, so our oldest at that time would have been twelve. She was going into high school. There was things happening in their life, which as they have got older, we've learnt and seen from their perspective how big that was for them and what was happening for them at that time that we were trying to heal ourselves. And during that time that we were separated, we sat with our children and we expressed to them that, you know, what they were experiencing was really important to us as well and 
that we were separated because we loved each other and we loved ourselves and we loved them and we wanted to be the best human beings we could possibly be for all of us. And we didn't know what that looked like and so they held that uncertainty as well. And, you know, our 18-year-old, that impacted him in that when he was here he felt like he really needed to step into a, a big person role, the dad role of the home when dad wasn't here. And that impacted him in ways that have played out in his life felt like it really took away that ability at 12 where you're kind of in that that time of life for a young boy where you're not quite in the responsible phase of life you're still in an adventure time of life but you're not a little kid either yeah it's really exciting and you know you're making friends and doing cool stuff but not with all the responsibility of you know 17 18 yeah and we've you know we've learned through these times that he really felt that was ripped off. Like he he just lost those years. He just went straight into feeling really responsible for the emotions that went on the home, really responsible for, you know, being the house. And after my hubby came back, we were together for a little bit and then he actually got a job working away. So he was away every week coming home on the weekends for 10 months. And so that was another period of time where we were actually quite solid during that time, but we didn't realise how that was impacting our kids as well. Mm -hmm. Like our son was like, you know, dad's not here. The kids, you know, they'd already experienced as little people us fighting a lot. And so they'd learnt things and they had been kind of un undone in themselves in little ways that we didn't understand and so as they've got older there's been a lot of discussion and talk with them and and basically helping them heal and as a mum there's been a lot of guilt and shame for me in you know having experienced depression having not dealt well with how I was trying to do my best with absolute exhaustion, breastfeeding, raising children, and that not looking very pretty some days, you know, that looking like screaming at my child out of complete frustration of whatever they were doing at the time, like over the top of them where they're just kind of hovering in the corner, like like terrible memories in my in my body, which didn't happen all the time. Like equally I was you know, an incredible mum that loved her children so fiercely and spent time with them and homeschooled them and did adventures with them. But there was just so much up and down in our family all the time that I really started to see the impact of that. And so I had to learn how to be gracious with myself because I started to feel this cycle of heaviness coming back in again and feeling really shameful in myself that I didn't get parenting right I mean we all go into parenting right with understanding what didn't work for us as kids yeah (laughs) and we want to be the best parents ever but one thing my husband and I never really did was sit and talk about the type of parents we want to be Mm -hmm. you know we might have had that on the inside but we didn't really talk about it and in the last probably couple of years we've really consolidated as a couple. And in some ways we grieve how long it took, but in other ways we celebrate that we're there and we are so solid for our kids and we're a safe place for our kids. And we've always told them that even though we were still working through the mess Mm -hmm. in ourselves. And, you know, four years ago I lost my brother and um, that was really, really huge for our family. He was in a relationship he was separated from his partner at the time and had uh, an 11 year old daughter and he died of a double drug overdose and it was very sudden and very shocking for all of us and the way that that unfolded for my family was really really hard and my husband was the one that got the call from my brother's partner and it was really big my husband went and told every one of my family and our 18 year old was watching that as it happened mm-hmm. and he wasn't 18 at the time he was so what was that 18 14 
the way that that impacted our family was big again. And I experienced anxiety like I've never, I'd never experienced anxiety up until that point in my life. Mm-hmm. And I tried really hard knowing all the things that I knew about depression. I tried really hard to take care of myself. And my husband was so gracious in, you know, holding space for me to grieve whilst, you know, our whole family trying to grieve because everyone loved him so dearly. And I eventually got to the point where I was walking every day. I was trying to fix my diet, like get everything in place, you know, do all the things that people tell you to do Mm -hmm. so that you can be better in yourself and not experience this chewing away inside your body that, you know, I'd already been through the, the grief, the pain in the back of my shoulders, the pain shifting all over my body. It was guiding my work. So I started like grief body movement classes and it was starting to help me to see how I connected to people who had experienced grief in their life as well. But I was also still struggling with this in myself, this terrible gnawing away in myself of this anxiety. And I started seeking out different things. Like I'd started meditating for long periods of time to kind of heal things in my life. And one of the things that I needed to heal was the foundation of spiritual beliefs for me because my brother had died and gone where I didn't know. And so I was also integrating all of this foundational stuff in my life. It was like, where is he? What has happened? What is, where is his body gone? Where is his spirit? Where is his soul? Mm-hmm. Um, and it started making me question what I'd taught my children. It started, I started to see that my really strict spiritual beliefs for my children were also holding them captive and that that had happened for me as well. Like there wasn't a freedom to explore myself as a human in what I had been taught. And I say this with the deepest love to my parents who raised me feeling that they were teaching me the best that they knew as well. But so much of the the Christian beliefs that I was taught held me captive in myself. And so when my brother died, it started to open that up and I started to realise that even the way that my husband, the tumult in our home life, in our family that we were experiencing was coming from these underlying unhappiness places in myself as a woman as a person, as a young girl who'd never grown up because I didn't really even know what I loved. Mm -hmm. And during the time my husband and I were separated, he actually chose to step away from the fellowship of the Christian. We basically met in homes together and had fellowship. And then we went through COVID and I there was no ability to meet together during that time. No one yeah. met together. And I was really kind of being still in meditation. That's how I was working with my anxiety of losing my brother and trying to ease this angst that was inside of myself. During that time, I really unpacked a whole heap and I moved away from the fellowship myself. And so many things started to heal in my family. And, you know, I... I say this with total acknowledgement, this is my experience and I, I'm not in any way, I don't have anything against any belief system. This is my experience of what happened in my body and the oppression started to lift. And I also during that time um, with my anxiety woke up one day and I was just like, I don't know how to live another day. And through the guidance and help of a friend, my husband actually took me to the hospital and I went on medication. That was the second time I'd been on medication. Mm-hmm. I'd been on it earlier when I had depression and we'd moved back from Western Australia. I'd been on medication and then I went on medication again specifically for the anxiety. And after about three months, I actually felt like a normal person. Yeah. I was terrified to go on the medication. I'm a very like I I so believe in healing from the deepest part of an issue, mm-hmm. but I needed to also give myself a break. I was walking every day. I was trying to like pull everything out of my diet that, you know, could have been adding to 
my digestion that was adding to my brain, you know, all the pieces that we're told. And again, there's nothing against all the pieces that we're told. But for me, in my situation, I was like, I have a husband that I have been, I've been with this man for, you know, 21 years. And I, I don't want to lose that. And I have children that I want to raise and, and love. And I knew, you know, my daughter by this time was coming to me and saying, you know, I need you to decide, mum, either can you be with dad peacefully or stop fighting, like one of the two. Mm-hmm. So I knew that it was impacting my children and I knew that the sensitivity was so there in my life and I, I just needed a break. And so I went on the medication and it was actually the first time in my life I had access to just being able to be with myself without trying to fix myself. Like I just felt a sense of relief and I actually stopped walking and I started listening to my body every day instead of just getting up as a coping mechanism every day, just being like, you have no choice. This is something that you need to do to actually feel well in your body. I would sit with my body and go, do I want to move? Do I want to be still? What do you want to eat today? What do you feel like eating today? Like what is it that you need today? And for a long period of time, I actually realized that my body was so exhausted. I just needed to rest. So I rested for months, (laughs) did it like I'd walk when I felt like walking. And the second my body was like, that's enough. It could be 10 minutes down the road. I'd turn around and I'd come home. And I really, in the last probably 18 months, have consolidated a deep well of joy in my life. And my husband actually three years ago decided that he couldn't face building anymore. He'd, you know, it was just we'd been through COVID and we're going through all of that and he was like, no, sorry, it was before COVID. It was just getting really stressful for him. He's like, I need a change. And he looked to getting a job in the mines and got a job up in the mines, which is eight hours away from here. And so I faced him being away for one week at home for a week. And that was also a time of anxiety for me. And people were kind of like, do you think that Toddy going away is actually, you know, impacting your health? And he got really clear with me and he said, I need you to know that I am not holding any responsibility for what happens with your health. I need to do this work, it was like a breath of fresh air for him. For like after working as a builder for 25 years, he was just like, I need something new. And he started to change in his disposition so much happier in himself. He got a break from that hard physical work that he was doing every day. And I got really responsible with the fact that I needed to step into my strength and let him go and enjoy when he came back and how were we going to do that so that I could become exhausted. And so we actually decided, we've been through all different sorts of things. We had decided like at, at the beginning when we find it really hard when he would come home and just integrating back into life together again, he would, he said, why don't you go away for the first 24 hours? I'll settle in, you take a break and then we'll come back together. Yeah, yeah, because it's rough. I mean, my husband, he's gone a lot too. So I totally get like, the traveling I get and like, it's hard. You know, they're doing it for the family, right? You know, they are. But it's really hard. Sometimes not to be mad about it. Like it's seriously like, and then you're like, what am I doing? Like, they're literally feeding us. There, my yeah. husband, I'm a stay-at-home mom. He feeds us. He pays our rent. This is what he has to do. And when I married him, I knew what it was going to be like because I used to be in kind of his line of work too. So I knew mm-hmm. the hours he would have to be putting in. I knew all that. But when you become a mother, it's like night and day because you don't know mm. what the heck's going to happen to you. I have a few mm. questions for you. So a couple questions for you. Sure. That first time that you went back after you guys had moved west, how Mm -hmm. were you feeling in your head? Because what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mm. and this is how I would have felt. So we're two completely different people, right? Mm -hmm. But I would have been, if my husband got like upset 
that I was depressed, anxious, I would have felt almost abandoned a little bit. Did those thoughts ever go through your mind? Is that part of the fighting that maybe would happen or something like that? Because I know it was very hard for my husband to understand depression until he recently had his own bout of depression. And then Mm. he was like, my God, this is what you were going through. Like he had no, he could not understand it. Like he couldn't understand. He thought I was just being lazy and complaining and, you know, he tried quote tried, but I didn't think his trying was ever enough. Mm, Yeah. I totally, totally get that. And I, Mm -hmm. the abandonment is real. I think, you know, feeling so, alone Mm -hmm. and also that you know I've had to really manage in myself the feeling of this is all my fault and it's 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 a it's a really big thing I mean I know that when my husband said you know you go home to get well it was out of the deepest love Mm -hmm. for me and I know that every time we even now we have a conversation I I'm really aware in myself that I can I can be self-blaming because of the whole situation time I feel like even through everything that we've been through he just there's no way for him to understand how isolating it is when someone is like telling you what they're experiencing but they're not able to experience it so he's experiencing it from his point of view but he can't possibly experience it it's like you say until someone has actually been through it and he has not ever experienced depression so it is really challenging for him to step into any kind of empathy for that you know he is innately a happy you know he feels stress and he feels all of those things but he just, you know, gets up, finds the best in the day. That's how he, he is. And so I have also done a lot of work in myself at understanding his capacity to get my world. Mm-hmm. And even though empathy is where we walk in somebody else's shoes or, you know, I want you to get on my page, like come over here and actually sit where I am for a little while, he actually only has the capacity to be what he is based on his own experience of life. And one thing that really helped me through a lot of pain and angst, because there was a lot of time there where he would go away to the mines and I would, you know, I was getting the pushback from the boys of what they had experienced with us. And, you know, dad wasn't there now. So they were going to step into the dad role and coming into teenage years and all the struggles that come with that. And they were going to like, you know, have their say over me and, push my authority around a little bit and then Mm -hmm. you know my husband would come home and he'd be like well I'm not here it's really hard for me to kind of back you in what I'm not seeing and I just felt so hopeless in that situation I was just like if you don't have my back who does like if I can't rely on you to like have my back and so we've worked through that and and we've we've got understandings now of when he comes home and and how we work through that and what that looks like in the kids really knowing that, you know, when he's away, things will be dealt with when he comes back. Like we've figured that out. Mm-hmm. But one thing I really learned during my time of healing is that humans only are capable of doing what they know. So if they knew any better, they'd be doing it. And this may not be a belief for, that anybody else wants to take on, but for me, you know, in even looking at my child when they're responding to me and it's just so freaking frustrating and I'm just like out of my brain, lost all creativity. I don't know what else to do. I have no more grace left and I just am like feeling trapped in myself, just taking a breath and being like, I know if you knew how to be any other way, you would be doing it. And that would just soften my heart and I would understand that, you know, it's my responsibility to just be loving to you right now because if you could actually see me in all my entirety, like I am so desperately desiring, you'd be doing it, Mm -hmm. you know. There is something in you, in your life experience, that's holding you back from seeing me. 
that's not giving you the capacity to hold me, that's not enabling you to show up for me like I need you to. So how can I find that elsewhere? What can I do to support myself? And it took the pressure off my husband. It took the pressure off my kids. It changed the way that I parented them and helped me to take the pressure off myself and be allow more creativity to come in because I would give myself time because we want things to be fixed now, right? I mean, that's why we get into fights and arguments. That's why things get heated really fast because we want the frustration is building there. We want it to all be resolved. And that's what would that's what would cause our arguments a lot is that I'd be like a dog on a bone, you know, <laughs> just be like, I am not going to bed until this is the way that I want to see it, you know, and that I know that you have seen it and that you've sorted it for us in the way that I want it. And I didn't want it any other way than what I wanted it. (laughs) You know, it would push him into a place of total angst and fire up and I wouldn't be able to just walk away. And so in the last few years, I have got better at that. I've got better at being able to be like, you know what, clearly they're not seeing it how I see it and I'm going to go away and I'm going to nurture myself in the way that I see it and and look at what do I need and when they have the capacity which could be in 15 minutes it could be in an hour it could be tomorrow they will will come together again then so that's whether it's with my teenagers or with my husband or you know in whatever situation does that make sense yes and I have to say you're a very strong person for feeling all the way you're feeling and thinking about it the way you do, because I just look at it and put myself in those shoes. And you're very, very, very understanding. You're a very understanding person. And some of the stuff you said right now about, you know, they don't have the capacity for that. I've put into my life in certain ways, but oddly enough, my husband I haven't. And it's not Mm. like we have a bad relationship, but you know, couples go through their things and Mm. I'm the hardest on him, I think. So Mm. even me listening to that now, I'm like, dang, that's like, that's a very new way for me to think about things. And Mm. that opened my eyes up to a lot of stuff. Um, Mm. I also wanted to touch on you taking the anxiety medication because I went through, I don't know if you listened to any of my podcasts yet, but I went through my postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. I have like, I could list you off a billion things that I've been diagnosed with. Okay. And I Mm. went for years trying to make it better myself, all the ways you have physically, like working out, meditating, everything. And sometimes people need to realize that medication can be your tool to get you to being able to use those other tools you know Mm, it is like totally kind of like it takes everything because you're like stressed and you're depressed and all of this stuff starts stacking up and it kind of makes that start sinking and getting lower and lower and lower so you can be more clear-minded to see situation, situations in other ways, to be able to meditate with a clear mind. Because I don't know about you, when I would meditate and I, you know, I'm on medication now too. I'm on it for depression and anxiety because I had mm-hmm. a mental breakdown last November, you know, like mm-hmm. literally almost mm-hmm. put into an institution. So after I started taking it and finally gave up because I was, you know, pumping at the time for my daughter this meant I couldn't pump anymore. This meant blah, 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 blah. Mm. I literally was like, the only gripe I had was, why the hell did I not do this years ago? Mm. And then I had the guilt. What did I do to my children? Like, they're still young, but they had Mm. like the depressed, anxious, quick to scream, you know, especially my son. My daughter's still really young. My son's three and a half, so he's still really young. But like, he didn't get the best side of me. And that kills me with guilt all the time. And Mm. when I finally gave in, it opened doors to so many other things spiritually. I mean, it's just insane, you know, and as far as the spiritual thing, I totally understand. 
I, me personally, I think all religion is beautiful, but I am a universe person, if you can understand that. Mm-hmm. I think the universe is the biggest part of everything, right? And God, let's call it God, let's call it whatever you want to call it. There is a higher something that can maybe, you know, help us. Spirit guides, I know you said when your brother passed away, you were having trouble with it. You just couldn't say, like, where is he? Like, in Christianity what would that say like is that a Mm. heaven and hell situation like I grew up Catholic so I'm not sure what that is in Christianity and Mm. you know Mm. the ways you die but like with what I'm like I've been opening myself up to now is that it's all energy and we are all made of energy and that energy it's scientifically proven that that energy when you die goes somewhere so when you're hearing like mediums and stuff like that some of it's bs right some of it's very generic and bs but when they say they can pick up on energy me personally i've felt that myself so i always tell people when people have passed they are all around you they are in you like their energy if they were ever had anything you know an effect on you they live within you they they can Mm. hear you like their energy is still alive somewhere you know it Mm. doesn't just go Mm. into thin air it doesn't just stop you know the energy lives on and yes so long story short starting the anxiety medication really opened my eyes up to a lot of stuff as well and Mm. I I agree with you I have nothing against people that are super religious I unless it's hurting other people I don't love that aspect of it but I it changed my I you know I kind of found myself after treating myself with that aspect and it opened my mind up to a lot of different ways of healing and it made my tools that I had even easier to use and like you like I said you are very strong for what you've been through and what you for lack of a better term have dealt with because like I said I have a husband that works away a lot too and I mean, I, I can't imagine like the abandonment you must have felt in your heart and what you must have been going through. And I'm not saying any of this to talk bad about your husband at all, because like you said, he doesn't he can't connect with things he doesn't know. Right. Mm. Same with my husband. Like we've had this conversation before me and my husband. I mean, we were at each other's throats, ready to leave each other when I had was deep in my last postpartum depression. So it was like I totally get all of those emotions. I mean, you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. I am a newbie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's very inspirational to see how you think in those situations Mm -hmm. and how you grew from those situations instead of wallowing in self-pity saying, I am alone with my kids. I am so overwhelmed. I am feeling abandoned. I'm doing this. You decided to work on yourself and make yourself stronger. And that is incredible because I'm telling you a very small percentage of people would have been able to do that same thing without having a total intervention from somewhere else. Well, thank you so much for acknowledging that. I love what you said about the energy and spirituality and, you know, there's two things that I would really love to share about that. And the first is I think the biggest realisation for me was that, you know, having grown up as a Christian and wanting to raise my children in a way that felt loving and safe for them and then realising that that was actually causing like those, those beliefs were causing a lot of my sadness inside of me was that I felt like I needed to know. I needed to know the answers so that I could teach my children. And when my brother died and I would sit in meditation and just I would bring all my questions and just sit and be still and I got to the point where I just realised I don't need to know. And I'm okay with not knowing. And the conversations that I have with my kids now are just beautiful. Um, And, you know, they ask questions and I'm free to go, well, I don't necessarily know the answer to that. What do you think? And we have these amazing conversations about 
life and about afterlife. And we were extremely blessed that after my brother died, it, the decision was made to bring his body home to my parents and we prepared his body. And the, the whole family was a part of that process. And so I just feel so blessed to be able to have this experience that's opened up our eyes to, like you say, like, like I feel too that, you know, for me there's a God that's within me and I am within him. It's like we're all in each other as well. It's like, it's like how I treat myself is how I'm loved by him and how I treat others. And so to be loving comes to myself first. And I think a lot of people struggle with that whole loving yourself, particularly if they are from a spiritual Christianity background, it's like loving yourself first isn't the way. But for me, it's like that's, you know, if God's within me and I'm not loving myself, how do I know how to love other people? And yeah, sorry, you were going to say something. No, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. And the other thing I just wanted to say was, you know, in regards to being a mama and going through these experiences where we look back and we're just like, you know, I, I feel guilt and shame around that. One of the things that I have learnt to through the years of growing my my tribe is that trusting that I have power to hold them as their mother, irrespective of what we have been through, this is now their journey and they called me to be their mum in some way or shape or form. If I am just with what is and don't go into the past and I don't go into the future, Every step along the way, things happened because they happened for whatever reason. And I don't even need to know the reason. You know, that helped me to stop questioning why my brother died. It helped me to stop wondering why he didn't live a longer life and why he wouldn't be here for that. And he- mm-hmm. It's just being with what is. And when I look at my children now, I can be like, yes, I am. I am walking the impact of my mothering to them in the early days. And I'm going to be gracious and loving to her so that I can love them now because this is their journey yeah. now. And it was the best that I could give. And every time, you know, I think about where it speaks about forgiveness in the Bible, you know, happening over and over again, you know, I think about that for myself. Like every time that guilt shows up, you know, and it, and it does, you know, my hubby and I will be going through a really great time together, feeling really solid, and then something will happen with the kids and it will trigger something from the past because we'll see how the past is impacting our, our child now and what they're struggling with. And it's like you can see us both just holding that pain in ourselves and just being really gracious to it and kind to it. And one of the things that I just love to share with myself is the words I'm here and I care, like really just bringing ourselves back into our body and being still in ourselves and acknowledging what is right now. Yeah. And you've done your best up until this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your story. Like I said, it was truly inspiring and in the way that you just thought about everything was so different than I think a lot of other people would have. And I think it's beautiful. And, you know, the whole story with you and your husband and not giving up on it again is beautiful. And thank you so much for being here and doing this with me across the stinking world. (laughs) My God. It's very special and such a gift to be able to connect like this. It's like, this is where these tools come in. You know, we fight these tools with our kids all the time. It's where the tools actually are just such a gift. They are. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share. It's, it's a real, it feels like such a gift to me to be able to share our story. So thank you. Yes, yes. I'm so, so happy that I was able to do that for you. Well, okay, everybody. You heard it. That was a lot, right? That was a lot to take in. But I love the way that she was looking at everything because, as I said earlier, I don't think I would have been able to be so patient. So I really applaud her for that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. 
please follow me on Instagram, TikTok. I have a Facebook page and a group. Please review and rate me. I would love that. If you have any suggestions, as always, you can message me on any of those platforms and I am more than open to hearing your suggestions as well as if you have a story to tell. Thank you so much for listening.